Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Next is now. Redistricting, vaccine requirements or mandates, criminal justice reform. Utah legislature is holding a jam-packed session tomorrow on Utah's Capitol Hill. What should we be thinking about? What we should be watch what should we be watching for as lawmakers take up these very important, very weighty issues on all of these things? And uh, we're looking forward to having a conversation in this segment about uh, what each of those are, what it actually means, and the fact that it is a jam-packed day on Utah's Capitol Hill tomorrow. So we've been talking a lot about the redistricting, the maps uh, that have been put forward. Uh, we know that the uh, one from the uh, committee from the legislature came out at uh, 10 p.m. on Friday night, and uh, that will be open for some public discussion uh, coming up here a little later this afternoon. We'll cover that here live on KSL News Radio. Uh, vaccine requirements for a business. We know that there has been some legal activity that has taken place uh, across the country, uh, putting a, a slight pause and hold on uh, the mandates for businesses to require uh, their employees to be vaccinated or to be tested regularly. And again, you can kind of go down, down, down uh, that path. Uh, but it's from the business standpoint, the business requirements uh, to do that for businesses that have 100 employees or more. And there's also some really fascinating things as it relates to criminal justice reform that are also really important. This is an area where the state has been leaning in uh, and trying to make some of those important things. And I think has has led the nation in some ways uh, as it relates to some of that criminal justice reform activity. Uh, This one specifically has to do with bail reform. And so uh, we're looking forward to getting some insight on that as well. As we've been talking about the redistricting maps, uh, again, the, the interesting question uh, to me, is really about uh, all forms of, we always use the term gerrymandering, and it's like a lightning rod, and everybody freaks out, and everybody gets angry and hostile uh, and attacks anybody who might disagree with them on what that is or is not. Uh, if you are basing things based solely on uh, political affiliation, then everything's gerrymandering. Uh, if you are cutting up a legislative district so that it has more Democrats in it, that's gerrymandering. If you're cutting up one so it has more Republicans in it, uh, that's gerrymandering. Uh, and you could do that on a, on a host of every uh, of things. Uh, looking at the very idea of having more rural representation, uh, that's a form of gerrymandering for sure. Having a, so a, a specific county or location uh, had proper representation, that's a form of gerrymandering for sure. 
And the the arguments go across the spectrum, and, and uh, we're really pleased to be joined now by uh, Senate President Stuart Adams, uh, President of the Utah State Senate. Uh, Senator Adams, uh, you, you have a very full slate uh, scheduled tomorrow for Utah's Capitol Hill, redistricting, vaccine mandates and requirements, criminal justice reform. Uh, that's a big day on the Hill. It is a really big day. Uh, we're talking about the name change in Dixie and, and – uh, We've actually got some election issues to deal with as far as changing some dates. So uh, it, it will be a, a very full special session. Uh, well, that's good. I'm, I'm glad for that. I'm glad that when you have these special sessions that you do uh, really fill them up and, uh, and make that meaningful and engaging. Obviously, there's been a, a lot of chatter and clamor about the redistricting portion uh, of the program. I actually came up with a, a great idea, President. Uh, just have to float this to you. Rather than geographies, I think we should just go by last name and go until you get 807,000, and that becomes District 1. Start at letter G, go down. Uh, and that way nobody could could uh, declare anyone as gerrymandering. What do you think? You know, uh, I, probably as good of I, as I did at first. So it sounds, sounds like a, a great idea. But, I, you know, I was really impressed. Our, our The process we have is, is working. Uh, you know, our chairs released their map, the, the committee chairs, the legislative committee chairs, uh, Senator Sandel and Representative uh, Ray, and they released those maps on last Friday. And on Saturday, the Princeton Jurymandering Organization, which evaluates maps all over the United States, they're, they're the ones that are, uh, the, 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 the are critical, the Gerrymandering Association, uh, they gave uh, – Utah, they gave the chair's map an A overall, and then they gave it an A for partisanship, fairness, and they gave it a C for competitiveness. Now, in Utah, we've got so many Republicans that it's hard to get a really good grade on competitiveness, but to get an A on partisanshipness and an A overall, I'm pretty happy with our chairs and what the committee's done. Yeah, and that's a, uh, again, it's a big one. It will always be uh, hotly contested and hotly debated as uh, to who got what and when, where, and why. Uh, so, do you expect that the you'll come to an agreement on the on the maps tomorrow? What's the timeline looking looking like for that? You know, we we have a, a I think ten days is what the call has given us. I hope we don't take all ten days. Uh, we uh, we we will come together tomorrow uh, on Tuesday. I'm not sure exactly uh, what we'll get done, but we'll at least make the senators and the representatives aware of the maps. We'll have, I think, a good discussion on it. I'm hoping to get some work done tomorrow, but it may run into Wednesday or or maybe even Friday this week. We're, we're not uh, working on uh, Thursday, which is Veterans Day. We won't be in session on that day, but uh, we, we may even run into next week. But my hope is that we're able to, to have a, a, a good debate, have lots of good input, and but to be actually be able to move this through somewhat uh, expeditiously. Yeah. Let's talk quickly about uh, vaccine requirements. Uh, of course, there's been legal action uh, taken uh, in response to what has come out of the Biden administration in terms of those requirements for businesses. Uh, what do we know in terms of, or what should we be looking for in terms of the conversations on the Hill tomorrow? Well, as you're aware, uh, the, the directive came out late last week from the, from the Biden administration uh, and on Saturday, actually, the Fifth Circuit, which we chose to join with other states and file our lawsuit in the Fifth Circuit, stayed uh, that that 
uh, federal mandate. Uh, we plan on putting, uh, I hope to be able to put uh, uh, parameters, which we've used in Utah since before I was born, uh, to deal with, with vaccinations. And that is to allow for a personal exemption, a medical exemption, and a, uh, uh, a religious exemption. And, uh, and then to allow people who have had COVID, uh, we're seeing lots of data to show that those that have had COVID have uh, antibodies and have immunity to allow them to be counted as if they've been vaccinated. So uh, that's what we're trying to do. Uh, and, and again, we'll keep pushing back. Uh, I believe that people ought to be vaccinated, but I also believe you shouldn't mandate it. I believe that's a mistake, especially take away somebody's right to work if they aren't vaccinated. Yeah. And uh, two other items, just real quickly, uh, President Adams. Uh, of course, we have the uh, the name change for Dixie State University uh, and then also some some bail reform as part of a criminal justice reform. Give us a quick snapshot of what we should watch for there. Well, you know, we, we're dealing with both those issues. Uh, the the name change at Dixie has been uh, talked about for uh, over a year. It seems like at least a year. We, we the, the board of regents gave us uh, the, the direction last uh uh, last year, we dealt with it last legislative session, put together a committee. The committee's been working. Now they're coming back with their recommendations. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm not sure uh, where we'll end up on this, but I uh, but I do believe that uh, with as much work that's done on it, that it probably ought to be dealt with in a special session uh, rather than come back through a, a lengthy legislative session again because we've had so much, uh, so much input already on it. But uh, and then the uh, the the bell reform, again, was part of the effort last legislative session. Uh, we're hoping that we deal with this. If we deal with it, I want to deal with it on a holistic basis and try to make sure that uh, all the different issues are dealt with and not do it on a on a piecemeal basis. So we're hoping that that comes together and we're able to hear that issue. All right. Fantastic. President Stuart Adams from the Utah State Senate. A busy, busy day tomorrow on Capitol Hill. Thanks for joining us, giving us some perspective, what to watch, what to look for. We'll cover it all right here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.